With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part? It's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Wow, what a shitty way to start this show. Bolts broadcast, Chase Crawshaw, Mike Mitchelson coming to you. Wednesday night after the overtime game, and only a couple minutes into the overtime, and we're going to game seven. Now... Minute 06. Minute 06. Perfect. We're going to a game seven. Montreal, they are currently up three to two on Vegas, and we are just getting closer and closer to my biggest nightmares coming to fruition. I mean, we would have been in a different spot if this fucking game wasn't so horribly refereed. Oh my Lord. I Tampa should have been in a better spot in this game. Um, the amount of fucking cross checks that this New York Islanders team can get away with. It just blows my mind. Yeah. Cross checks happen in hockey all the time. I don't think they should be called every time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fine with the shove and, and shit, but you know, when you, when you're cheap shotting guys away from the puck, when you're, Hitting them so aggressively, they're they're slamming their face into the boards, and there's just nothing being called. Like, like what are we doing here? Like, you just love seeing superstar players get hurt. You know, Kucherov and Sergey, they both get hurt in this fucking game because the refs aren't doing their job protecting the players. That is all the refs' job is to do is to protect the players. That's all they are there for, and they just they haven't done it. They they didn't do it in this game. Uh, they should be embarrassed. They should not be allowed to referee in any more games. Uh, it. I I know you started off by saying you're closer to your worst nightmare, but I just couldn't hold in my rant, dude. I'm I just unbelievable, unbelievable. It's just like what Bruce Cassidy said. They 
take as many penalties as the Bruins. They uh, or at least put themselves in those positions to take as many penalties as the Bruins. But for some reason, just don't get the calls. And we saw that again tonight. But I, I don't want to say that this game was strictly the ref's fault because, um, again, that's just kind of excuses. And um, I, I'm just I've never really been a big fan of blaming everything on the refs. One thing that I saw tonight is after a weak first goal let up by Vassy, he didn't look like his normal self. It looked like he was a little shaken, and the second goal I didn't think was very good. I thought he could have stopped it. The overtime goal, even though it was a terrible turnover by, by I think it was Coleman, that's another shot that Vasilevsky saves every single time. So I thought Vasilevsky looked insane for the first I don't know, 30 minutes of the game. He looked absolutely locked in. Didn't look like he was going to give up a goal at all. And then he lets up the Everly goal and looked incredibly shaky to me. I don't know if you saw that, but that was my takeaway from this game. Uh, We didn't have a 100% in the headspace, Vasilevsky. And we're also without our top star, Nikita Kucherov. Yeah, no, I'm going to disagree with what you're saying about Vasilevsky. Um, like, sure, you want him to make those saves. That shot goes in on, I would safely say, every single goal in the NHL because there is literally no other place he could have put that puck for it to go in. Every goalie, like, they hold that post the same way Vasilevsky does. You know, maybe a guy like Ben Bishop makes a save because he's taller and he can occupy a little more than that. But there's nothing you can do. That's exactly what you're trying to do. It's what every goalie in the NHL would do. Anybody who put that puck there, that puck's just going in. That was just the ultimate perfect shot i, I didn't know what scott goal are we talking about the second Ma- the, the mayfield goal I, I didn't know the scott, second one yeah i didn't know scott mayfield no, knew how to buy actually play hockey other than breaking people's ribs uh so you know that was that was incredible uh you know maybe if the refs would have ma- managed him you know just destroying kudros ribs maybe he would have gotten a penalty maybe the game would have been slightly different maybe he wouldn't have had that opportunity maybe he'd been kicked out i don't know uh but regardless um the third goal Coleman, uh, what the fuck are you doing? You're throwing that puck in front. You never throw the puck in front of your own net. Never, ever, 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 ever. Like, that's shit you, you learn in peewees. You don't, you don't do that in the NHL. That's unacceptable. And for a, a goalie to be able to just have to quickly react on that sudden turnover that close to the net, it's very difficult. There's a reason. Like, w- whenever that play happens, it's almost a goal every single time, no matter who's in net, because that's such a difficult play to react to it because things change so quickly. The whole strategy what's going on in your own zone changes, so you don't have time to react. So... You know, both goals, I really don't think there's any more Vasilevsky could have done. And to rebut my point, uh, the second goal, the Mayfield goal you were talking about, uh, the commentators even came out and said uh, Vasilevsky went down way too early. He shouldn't have been down on his butterfly stance when Mayfield took the shot. And that's something I saw as well. Uh, you can disagree. That's fine. We're just going to have to agree to disagree on this point. Um, I thought Vasilevsky... Played pretty well, but he did look shook to me. Um, You think it's more of a refereeing situation, and that's completely fine. But no matter what we think is the main issue of this game, it's over, and we lost. We've got a Game 7 to look forward to, and this is where we got to talk about what do we have to do for the Tampa Bay— not we, what do the Tampa Bay Lightning have to do to succeed to make it to -to back-to-back Stanley Cup Finals? Final point of Vasilevsky real quick. I'm going to side with Brian Boucher, who also said there's nothing more he could have done. Uh, but moving on, game seven, I mean, it's play how you did for most of this game anyway. I mean, most of this game, you played well. Uh, the Islanders were just fighting hard for stopping that puck going in. 
Uh, just just keep up what you're doing. Don't don't change anything. You know, they, they were playing physical. That's great. Uh, continue to play physical. Continue to, to shine offensively. Uh, you know, Braden Point is single handedly just dominating these playoffs, carrying this team. Um, if they get to the finals, he is already an immediate candidate for the Con Smythe. He's just been fantastic. So you, you, just, you really need your star players to, to perform, uh, bury the puck. Kutrov needs to find a way to play in that game. Uh, if all that happens, it should be no issue game seven. I think Matt Barzal needs to be shut down as well. Matt Barzal was by far the best player for the Islanders tonight, even though he didn't come away with a goal. He did come away with an assist or two, maybe. Um, Either way, he was buzzing all night. He had one shift where he was in the offensive zone behind Vasilevsky and just playing around with, I think it was McDonough for a good 30 seconds. So I think we need to be a little bit harder on Barzal, a little bit chippier with him. Um, Vasilevsky, I'm sure, is going to play like normal Vasilevsky does. He is a very clutch goaltender, a goaltender that forgets uh, all the bad that may have happened in games uh, prior. So he should be good to go. And yeah, Nikita Kucherov, that's the big question. He played, I think they said 36 seconds or something like that. He played one shift and then he was out for the rest of the game. So we're going to have to keep an eye and see if he's going to be available. And I sure hope he is. I think unless he literally cannot play, he will find a way to play uh, game seven, not played all season. He just got him for the playoff. He's going to find a way to play. So uh, unless there's just literally like, no, that he cannot play in this game, uh, he'll, he'll be in the lineup. So that, that should help. And I, I saw a lot of differing opinions on Kucherov's injury, and I'd like to get your thoughts on it, because during the first period, I was actually at the football field, my brother helping him uh, practice because he is coming up for high school football here soon. Um, So I wasn't able to see the first period. However, I came back for the second and third periods. But I saw on Twitter, people were talking about Kucherov's hit is what was injured him or Mayfield's cross check is what injured him. Do you have thoughts on that? If anyone thinks it's the hit, I mean, they're just flat out wrong. It could have added to the injury, but it all started originally from that cross check. Uh, it, it was a cross check right to the ribs. I I know you like you didn't play hockey, so you like didn't wear chest pads. You know anybody listening that did play hockey knows that these chest pads they don't protect your ribs. They really are there just to kind of protect your heart, so you don't take a puck directly to the heart and then it, it fucks up your heartbeat. That's pretty much all they're for. So they they do nothing to protect your ribs. Uh, those ribs are exposed there. One really hard cross check and easy to break a couple of ribs. So I'm guessing a couple of ribs were broken. Then he goes in on that hit. Uh, ends up missing the hit. I don't know why he went for the hit if you like what, like being that way. Cause I, I could, you could, you could tell the what, like when he got crossed, that something was wrong. Then he goes in for the hit, misses the hit, hits the boards and it just adds to his pain. And he's like, yeah, no, the, the, there's something fucked up here. And sure enough, not able to play. So I, I will safely declare that it's broken ribs. Um, I, you know, I could be wrong, I guess, but just based on everything I saw, I don't know what else it would be. Okay, and then we saw Ross Colton and Mikhail Sergachev also get shaken up a little bit. However, both came back, both played. Um, Sergachev, he didn't even go to the locker room. Uh, He was pretty good, but Colton, he did end up going to the locker room, but he did come back out on the ice for the end of the game. So very good to see those two are, you know, good and healthy and they should be ready to go for game seven. Game seven, Friday night. It should be a good game. Uh... Obviously, we're hoping for a win, me especially, because if the Islanders somehow get to that Stanley Cup final and the Montreal Canadiens do, I will repeat what I said for multiple episodes now. 
I will not watch that Stanley Cup final. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But Chase, now over to the Montreal-Vegas series. Uh, I talked about it in the beginning. Montreal up 3-2. to two. Last night, they take their game over Vegas 4-1. to one. So last year in this playoff run, you know, I was talking about Tampa Bay Lightning. They just kept finding ways to win. There was games they never deserved to win, but they just kept finding ways to win. And those types of teams tend to win the Stanley Cup or at least go very far. Sure enough, the Montreal Canadiens are doing the same thing this year. There's plenty of games they just flat out don't deserve to win, but they're finding ways to win them. And then the games they do deserve to win, they always win. They always win the games they deserve to win, and they're finding ways to win these ones that they don't deserve to. It's incredible. Um, it, it it makes for a, a tough team to game plan against because you just feel like nothing can go right when you're trying to game plan against it, and you, you, just, you just don't know what to do. So going into game six, Vegas, they got to figure something out. Miner's got to start. You know, I don't understand... First of all, I, I wouldn't have played Leonard in the first place, but obviously it was the right decision. But once you make that decision and he plays as well as you do, how the hell do you go away from him? How do you go back to Flurry? It, it just makes no sense to me. It, it, it changes. No, like regardless, nobody will say it, but players play very differently in front of different goalies. They they know what certain goalies kind of can't do. They they play differently. Uh, they you might feel a little more comfortable in front of Flurry, even though Leonard is a very good goalie himself. You know you feel a little more comfortable there, um, and. They were able, Montreal was able to take advantage of that little more comfortability and was able to score a few goals. So I, I don't know why you, you switch from Leonard after you played so well. They got to go back to Leonard for game seven or game six, excuse me. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting going forward because I, I really thought whoever won game four was just going to win out the series. Um, sure enough, you know, that that's slightly different from that. But Montreal, yeah, they were really kind of just finding ways to win for whatever reason. And just like you said there, uh, I saw a lot of people saying on Twitter, the overtime for game four, people were saying whoever wins this overtime is going to win the series. Um, Vegas won that. However, Montreal is out to the 3-2 lead. Uh, You were in that similar boat. What do you see now? Do you think that Vegas still has the win because of the overtime? Or is it really a, a Montreal series to lose because they, like you said, keep finding ways to win? No matter what the situation is, whenever you're up 3-2 in a series, it's always your series to lose. Um, you know, you've already played the team five times and you've shown that you can beat them three times out of the five. At that point, it's it's your series to lose. So even though I think Vegas still has a, a realistic chance to win the series, uh, like it's still Montreal series to lose. I, I don't know, you know what to expect here in game six. I would think this game, this goes to at least game seven. Um, so I, I would assume Vegas is going to win, but I, I don't know exactly, you know, how they're going to do it or what, what the hell is going to happen. But it's going to be interesting to see. And if it does go to a game seven, um, I I think we'll have to talk about the, I guess, shock that comes with the Islanders and Tampa going to game seven. Vegas, Montreal going to at least six where Montreal is in the lead, possibly seven. These are two teams not expected to be this far. And to take these two teams, Vegas and Tampa, to their limits is pretty surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, the Isles weren't expected to go as far as they did last year. Sure enough, you know, they made it to the conference finals. We all know that this time around, the same thing again happens. So they just play this brand of hockey that just helps them win. And Montreal is just a team where the hockey gods are really on their side for whatever reason. So, it, it, you know, it, it's two weird situations. If they were to go up against each other in the finals, it obviously wouldn't be very exciting. I still think it'd be like, good. It's still the only cup finals, but I wouldn't even know what to expect out of that series, man. I would. I probably wouldn't predict anything. 
It's crazy. But, Chase, we're going to move to award winners. We got some more to announce. Uh, and then we're going to hit a quick commercial break and some fun after that. But uh, award winners, we wanted to talk about the GM of the Year and the Messier Leadership Award. Yep, GM of the Year. Goes to Lou Lamarillo. First time that a GM's won it back-to-back years. Uh, I really don't like the GM of the Year Award. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the show, but I know I've talked about it off the show. I think GM of the Year should be thrown away, and it should be like an every three-year award because you can't really judge the moves a GM does in, in one season. Like, sure, they can make trades, but, you know, the, a GM's real, like, their, their real moneymaker is how they develop and how they is how they draft. You know, it's, it's the staff they hire around them to find to find guys and then, you know, making the correct decisions and, and all that type of stuff. So the GM of the Year, it really needs to be a multi-year type of thing. Um, regardless, whatever, that, that moot point, Lou, uh, first GM to win it back-to-back years, so good for him. And then the Mark Messier Leadership Award, you know, Bergeron, he wins it his first year as a captain. Um, you know, this is a guy I thought should have been Boston's captain for a lot of years, but you can't just take that from Chara. So it definitely makes sense. You know, he's obviously a role model in the hockey world. Uh, you're not going to find somebody who doesn't like Patrice Bergeron, so good for him. Quick question, did... Lou do anything absurd because I feel like the way Breezeball was able to maneuver the cap and keep this Stanley Cup championship winning team mostly together through free agency too. I feel like that's pretty GM of the year worthy. He overpaid so Palmieri and Zajac can play bottom six. Oh, okay, that makes sense actually. Yeah, that's that's about that's really about it. Um, I I don't know what what other moves he might have made to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm trying to think like even towards like the trade deadline, I don't really remember the Islanders doing much. So, um, little confused there on that. Maybe just because the Islanders are uh, doing better than what people thought they would do, people are like, oh, he put together a really good team. I. I don't really know. I, I think being able to keep a championship caliber team together, plus maneuvering the cap with uh, the Nikita Kucherov situation, I feel like that's pretty absurd. I, I feel like that's GM of the year worthy. However, if that happened, I think Twitter would just have an uproar because everyone hates the Kucherov situation, apparently. Yeah, everyone can cry for all I give a shit, to be honest with you. Like it, it's it's a legal rule, you know. Like grow up, it, it is what it is. Guys going LTIR all the time. There's no salary in playoffs. What do you do? I mean, if you if you think about it, right now everyone's like, oh, Tampa's twenty million over the cap. Yeah, well, Gabrick and Forsberg are eating up like ten million of that, and they're just not playing hockey at all ever again. So like, well, like, what do you want to do? They they helped out a team. They're able to figure out a way, a way to make a trade and help out their situation. They're going LTIR, good to go. So you got a problem with that? I really don't care. There it is from Chase. All right, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. On the other side of the commercial break, we are doing a friendship quiz, part two. Stick around for that right after this. HF Boards is the internet's largest and longest-running community for discussion surrounding ice hockey, including coverage of the NHL, college teams, and anywhere else the sport is played globally. Join in nearly half a million active conversations happening now on HF Boards. All right, and we are back from the commercial break. Going to be doing a quick little piece of news and then the friendship quiz after that. But before we hit the piece of news, i got to be talking about a sad situation as Tom Curvers, a former assistant GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I think at the time he was the assistant GM of the Minnesota Wild, uh, unfortunately he passed away. 
yeah, he passed away from lung cancer. So rest in peace, thinking about you and your, and your family. Uh, you know, anytime anybody who was a part of the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, team, community, brotherhood, all, all that stuff, you know, anytime we lose a member like that, it, it's, you know, it's always sad. So we're, we're thinking about you and your family. Absolutely. Way too young to go. So now on to some news about a retirement as JT Brown, no longer an NHL player. However, he is sticking around with the NHL. Yeah, so that's former Tampa Bay Lightning JT Brown. You know, that's why I figured it's, it's worth noting. And I was like JT Brown as a player, too. So he's retiring. Uh, he is joining the Seattle Kraken, though, as a TV analyst. So uh, he'll be working with John Forslund hand in hand. It's pretty cool. I think he'll be the color guy is, is what his actual role is going to be. Uh, so uh, that's awesome. You know, good for JT. He seems like like a good dude. And I think he's going to do well on, on air. It's, it's going to be awesome. Great situation for him. Going to be excited to see what he can do over there in Seattle. But Chase, now it's time for Friendship Quiz Part 2. I've got 10 questions here. Hopefully they're a little bit easier because last week uh, I kind of just went off the cuff and some of the questions were pretty damn hard. So I've got seven questions where, and and this is completely opinion based. So before we start doing this, um, just wanted to let everyone know these are kind of hot button um, uh, opinions, I guess. So uh, if, if you have a different opinion, that's totally cool. We'd love to hear about it. But these are our opinions strictly. Uh, and we are going to be guessing each other's opinions. And then, you know, we'll figure out if we're right or not. But uh, here we go. Seven questions based on who we think the GOAT is at certain positions or categories or anything like that. And then the last three questions will be uh, our favorite. So we're going to hop into question number one. We're going to go with who is the overall GOAT in the NHL. Uh, You're going to have to guess for me. I'm going to have to guess for you. See if we can guess each other's GOATs. You want to go first or do you want me to? This all time? This is all time. Okay. Well, yours is Mario Lemieux. Uh, mine is not Mario Lemieux. It's Wayne Gretzky. But oh, wow. yours is Wayne Gretzky. Actually, mine is not. Oh, it's Gordy Howe? Actually, mine is not that either. Oh, it's Bobby Orr? It is Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr is my, yeah, I think he is the number one player of all time. He only had like a 10 or nine, 10 year career. So it was hard for someone to really believe that. But I truly think that, um, you know, just like on how the actual game is played, nobody changed the game more than Bobby Orr. Uh, there's never been anybody even remotely close to Bobby Orr. Uh, you know, he's he's one of a kind. No defenseman. Like, defensemen and forwards shouldn't be compared, but Bobby Orr deserves to be compared to all those forwards. It's just it's just a special hockey player. And I, I, I just, you know, I, I can I can see Gretzky that, you know, being that guy too, he holds all the records and stuff, but what Bobby Orr did, you know, winning multiple Art Ross trophies as a defenseman, it's, it's just different. Okay, Chase. Well, this, my next question might, change your thoughts I'm not sure they might not at all um but how I look at the goat and stuff I I think a very good example is with the NFL I think Tom Brady is the goat however I do not think Tom Brady is the most talented player of all time or most talented quarterback of all time so for the goat I had Gretzky however I've got another question here which is next who is the most talented player of all time in the NHL? Does that change your thinking at all, or do, are you still good with Bobby Orr as your goat? Um, I, I still might go Bobby Orr as my goat. I mean, my my, I, it'd be close between him and Gordie Howe, um, to be honest. And Mario Lemieux is very much in that range as well. But like in terms of just most talented, Gretzky's nowhere near those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but so, I'm, so, I'm saying with the goat yeah, situation. Um, 
I, oh, with the goat situation, you're saying, yeah, I, no, I, I, I still think he's my, my number one. So it's not, it's not just him being so talented. It, it's just what he did in terms of changing, like changing the game. Cause like, you know, th- there were offensive defensemen before, you know, Doug Harvey was a kind of guy who helped revolutionize the back end, but Bobby Orr completely changed the way defensemen play the game. Okay. So that's the easy, you just gave a, away most talented player of all time, in your opinion, Bobby Orr. So, um, Put that in the bag for me. That's a point. Uh, who is my most talented player? Mario Lemieux. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Super Mario uh, guy was a stud, and uh, like Bobby Orr, did not play as many years as we had hoped. And uh, who knows where he would sit all time when or, or if he was able to play a full career. So moving on, we're gonna go to best goal scorer of all time. I feel like this one's gonna be pretty pretty damn difficult so chase unfortunately i'm gonna have to guess that you are thinking oh boy this is tough do i want to go with like brad marchand oh yeah or david backus uh now i'm gonna go with ovechkin yeah i'm I'm also gonna go with ovechkin for you yeah (laughs) i feel like that one was pretty easy but i figured i'd put it in the put it in there anyways because uh it is Similar to a lot of these things, and to be honest, I was just trying to reach ten questions, so it had to be in there. But uh, uh, next, r- r- real quick, but I bet you can't guess who my number two is. Your number two, uh, I'm gonna have to go. Is it is it the guy who the trophy's named after, Maurice Richard? It is not. Was it wasn't an obvious answer, but I just totally missed it. No. Oh, you you're not gonna know. I don't think you're gonna know this guy's name at all. To be honest with you. Because he's old-time hockey, but never gets any recognition. It's Joe Malone. Oh, yeah. No. He holds the record for goal scoring a game at seven. Um, he was just... The, the, the dude, like, he played in, in, a, in a time where it was only primary assists recorded, not secondary assists. He constantly, you know, was one of the highest-scoring players in the league, just scored goal after goal after goal after goal after goal. And there's not a lot on him you can watch, but it seems like he'd even score in, like, modern-day NHL sometimes with some, some of his stuff. So, like, just... The amount he scored, you know, he, he very well could be that next best pure goal scorer. Damn. Okay. Well, that's one to go look at because, yeah, never heard of his name. I thought you were just pulling it out of the random name generator or something. <laughs> no, no. Uh, a very common name there. But uh, we're going to now move on to best defenseman, and this is going to be pretty easy for me to guess again. It's Bobby Orr for you. It's Joe Sackick, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, so it's Bobby Orr for me, and, like, it's got to be Bobby Orr for you? Uh, yes, it is Bobby Orr for me. Uh, honorable n- mention for you, though, I know you're second, and that would be Nick Lidstrom. Yeah, of course, it should be everybody's second. Uh, no. Who, who's your second? Uh, Chris Letang? Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Chris Letang? You gotta be joking, buddy. I don't, who's, okay, sorry, who's your second? Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr? Dustin Bufuglin. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> All right, we are now going to move on to best goalie of all time. There's a couple names in the running here, but uh, I, I I know who yours is because we've talked about it many a times. It's the Dominator. It is, yes, especially if we're only talking NHL goalies. Best goalie of all time just to play hockey Trediac. is Vladislav Trediak, of course, and like that shouldn't be a debate. But um, yeah, like the NHL goalies, it's Dominic Hasek, and I you might have someone different, but I can't imagine you do Dominic Hasek. Uh, it is Dominic Hasek. Yeah. I, I, I was, you know, between a couple, I mean, there's a couple names out there, Patrick Waugh and, uh, Marty Brodeur, but, uh, yeah, I, I feel like the best goalie is the dominator. So, so fun to watch too. Oh yeah. 
He's he's like uh, he, he reminds me of Yaroslav Askarov a little bit. We talked about Askarov, how he's a little bit more of a floppy fish in comparison to Spencer Knight. He's a little bit more technical. Same way with Hasek. He was all over the place and he, he loved it. Oh, yeah. All right. Next up, the smartest player of all time. Uh, you want to guess for me first or do you want me to guess for you? You can guess for me first. All right. So I've got three names that I feel like you might put in there. And I there's probably a great chance that I'm missing someone. But the three names I thought immediately that you might think are the smartest players of all time. Steve Eiserman, Wayne Gretzky, Sidney Crosby. I, I had those three names in my head for you. Um, so I think I'm going to have to guess Wayne Gretzky for you. Yeah, it's I would. Let's go. If, I'm such a good friend. Oh, my God. If I if I had to do a top five, <laughs> top ten, um, like Crosby, I've been easily in my top ten, probably my top five. Um, and like, I don't think people give Eisman enough credit for how smart he was in the game. Um, you know, when he started his career, he was just a prolific point scorer, you know, goal after goal after goal, setting up everything. And once they, you know, they started bringing over these Russian guys, he changed everything, literally everything about the way he played. He still scored a lot, but he was incredible defensively. You use him in every situation. You never wanted him off the ice. You know, it didn't matter what he had to do. He found ways to get it done. And only those incredibly smart, gifted, talented players can do that. And I, I, don't, I don't think he gets enough credit in that realm. I really don't. Yeah, I feel that for sure. And uh, he was a guy that, you know, I do give that credit to. That's why I brought him up in the top three names yeah. I was thinking about. Um, all right, Chase, your turn to guess for me on who I think is the smartest player of all time. I mean, for, for me, for like thinking of you, it's got to be between those like three names as well, but specifically the two um, and Gretzky and Sidney Crosby. I'm going to lean Gretzky. Um, but I, I, I know how high you think of Crosby as well. What a terrible friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is Crosby for me. And I, I will say quick story time for all the listeners. Um, my dad, he played 17 years of hockey, played in junior B. However, he never Legend. introduced me to hockey. Yeah. Brutal. <laughs> I know that's, um, uh, that doesn't sound real, but it is. And Chase, he's been baffled by that story multiple times. I was always putting baseball, even basketball, football. I mean, um, in all fairness, he was a good baseball player, too. Yeah, he was a good baseball player. So I was putting all those sports before hockey was even thought of. Um, we barely even watched hockey on the TV. I know around playoff time we did, but during the regular season, we would watch football and baseball. Wouldn't really turn on hockey. So um, I, I'm not super new to hockey. I mean, I, I've been watching it for over a decade now, but I I really came in around 2008, 2009. So a lot of my opinions are going to be a little bit more uh, younger, younger players, newer players, uh, not as enriched with the culture of hockey because of that story time. So don't blame me for some of my answers. They they may sound ignorant, and I apologize for that, but it was my upbringing. Ignorant is definitely a fair word I use when describing you. 
Wow, that's kind of rude. <laughs> All right, Chase. Last but not least, for the the goat, not not your favorite, but who you think is the best at this certain uh, category, it is the most electrifying player of all time. Uh, I gotta, I, I think I have this one in the bag for you. I think I'm such an amazing friend. Uh, you you have a jersey of his, yeah. a Florida Panthers jersey of his, Pavel Bure, baby. Yeah, I, I, I think anybody who's seen Pablo Burry play should very. If you're, if you at least don't think he's number one, he has to be in your top like three because like it's just it's fucking ridiculous what he does on the ice. Yeah, I, I watched a few of him playing in a men's league when he hasn't played in the NHL in 15 years and he's still doing the same thing. You know, if if he didn't have such brutal knees, I mean, he would have gone down as easily, easily, easily one of the better players of all time. He still is one of the better players of all time. He finished you know above a, a career point per game. This dude is wheeled on the ice, maybe the fastest player to ever play. You know, maybe McDavid or Mike Gardner uh, rival that, but just like the shit he did, it, it was just stupid. So, yeah, you know, uh, obvious great choice um, for you. And Chase, I, I want to preface this. Remember what I was just saying. Remember yeah, I, my speech. I, I, you know, I favor the um, newer players a little bit. Not like, not like a year old players, but, you know. Yeah, no, I I know. So that's why I'm I'm trying to I want to get the the right answer. Um, you know, I I would love to say uh OHL and rookie year Nail Yakupov cuz I mean, that guy was awesome. <laughs> I know he loved it, but I don't think that's your answer. Um, man. Um, uh, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Give me a hint. I'm assuming it's a forward. It is a forward, and I'll say this. Um, <sighs> Is this going to give it away? I, I don't care if it gives it away. He is a little bit older and he's not as exciting anymore. However, in his first you know decade of playing, he was absurd. He was on so many sports center top tens. Who am I not thinking of? He plays um, in the East. He plays in the East. Um, Ovi probably. Yes, Alexander yeah. Ovechkin, um, a guy that really nowadays he's not as exciting. I don't think I think he's still one of the more exciting players oh, in yeah, the league right is. now. Um, but some of the stuff he did in his first couple of years, uh, so many exciting goals The one where he scored when he was literally on his back. So uh, he's he's going down for the most electrifying player in my mind. That's that's fair. I also think an aim you throw out here is Pavel Datsuk. I mean, like it, he he was he wasn't this incredibly fast player by any means, but just like the the shit he did with us, the puck on his stick was just stupid. It it was just so stupid. It, it sucks. I wish he would have kept playing in the NHL because he's still playing in the KHL. He won like the veteran player of the year in the KHL this season because he's just just disgusting at hockey. Um, you know, I, I wish we could still see him play in the NHL because he still is so good. You know, electrifying is a good word for him. Um, you talked about how he wasn't the fastest or anything. I think another word that fits him a little bit better, at least in my opinion, is just smooth. Like oh, some yeah. of the things he was able to do, like he wasn't that super fast, crazy moves like Connor McDavid does, but just to be able to skate nonchalantly through a whole defense was just awesome. So a very smooth player and Pavel Datsuk, you love to see him. But now, Chase, we move to the final three questions for the friendship quiz. 
And this is your favorite forward defenseman and goalie of all time. Um, so do you want to go? We'll, we'll do forwards first. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? What are we thinking? I, I want to think about yours. Make sure I get it right. So you go first. OK, I'm between two players for you and those two players. Ooh, maybe it's three, actually. Uh, the two players I was originally thinking, Pavel Bure and Steve Eiserman. Uh, then I thought about Gordie Howe, too. I know you're a huge Gordie fan, but I really do feel like your favorite forward of all time is probably Pavel Bure. So uh, listen, listen to this, actually. I was oh. be- between two guys. You said one of them. You did not say the other. And I lean more towards the guy you did say it is Pavel Bure. Um, but my next favorite, I love Gordy. I love Steve Eisman. Grew up a Red Wings fan, so obviously, of course. Um, but the a player that I've always, always been drawn to and still love and support is Anze Kopitar. Like I, uh, oh my god, I, I love Anze Kopitar. If I had to pick a favorite forward in the league right now, he probably takes that. I don't think about those things too much anymore nowadays, honestly. But he would probably be still my favorite forward in the league because I, I, I just. I, I love it. You know, he's a Slovenian. He's from, from this hockey minority country, and he just came in and just dominated and has been a fantastic player, one of the better defensive forwards in the league while still scoring at a crazy rate. I mean, he, he's just awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chase, it's now your turn to go for my favorite forward of all time. And uh, this was even personally tough to pick because there's been a lot of guys that I've really liked, but I've always been more of a a fan of defensemen and goaltenders rather than forwards. So I did come up with my favorite forward of all time. I think he will probably be in your top three names, but will you guess him? We'll see. Yeah, I'm not even going to do a top three. I'm, I'm just going to say the one name I think it is. It's, it's just really sticks out to me. Uh, I know how much you love Russians, especially big Russians, especially big Russian centers, especially big Russian centers that play for the Pittsburgh Penguins of Genny Malkin. It is Evgeny Malkin. Knew it. <laughs> it. Yes. Um, so, like I said earlier, uh, I didn't really start paying attention until 2008, 2009. That's when my friends really got me into it because my friends had to do it, not my family. Um, that was when the Penguins were good. So, I was a bit of a bandwagon back then. And I was never Still one are. of those guys that attached myself to Crosby, though, because all of my friends hated Crosby. So I was like, okay, I'm going to pick a team they already hate in the Penguins, but I don't really want them to just absolutely hate me. So I've always attached myself to Evgeny Malkin, and uh, he would be my favorite forward of all time. Absolutely love him. But favorite defenseman of all time now, Chase, uh, I think that's Nick Lidstrom for you. I know that you think Bobby Orr is the best of all time, but I think your favorite defenseman of all time is Nick Lidstrom. I mean, the amount of times that you have just gushed about him makes me think this is an obvious choice. Yeah, it is. Uh, Bobby Orr is probably my number two. If you want to guess my number three, uh, I will give you a nickel. He sucks right now. A whole nickel. He sucks right now, which means he's still playing. Yeah. (sighs) He's still playing. And he's still playing or he's on LTIR, Mr. Nick Cronwall? It is not Nick Cronwall. Uh, He's still sadly playing, but yeah. He's still sadly playing. He's an old boy. Defenseman that used to be good. You want to give me a hint? I own his jersey. You own his jersey? 
Mm-hmm. Gosh, what jerseys do you? You never wear your jerseys. I can't you wear this one because yeah, because I, I got this one in uh, high school, and I do not fit anything I wore in high school. I'm guessing it's a big name defenseman that I'm just completely missing, isn't it? Not really, but it's a, no. it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a name you very well know, and he is a Red Wing currently still. Oh, yes, Danny DeKaiser. Yes, it is. Yeah, that that was a <laughs> that, that was a sad way that that career turned out. A very sad yeah. way. I mean, hey, uh, being able to come out of he came out of Western, right? Yep, undrafted free agent out of Western. So an undrafted free agent coming out of Western to have a long career in the NHL. I mean, that's pretty successful for itself, and he was pretty solid for what four or five years. Yeah, I mean, he came in he. You know, he came the season after Lindstrom retired and everyone told me, yeah, you're sitting in Lindstrom's stall. Actually, he's like, oh, that's kind of kind of fucked up. I fill I, <laughs> those shoes. Uh, and, you know, when Cromwell was able to be that number one uh, guy, that's when we started seeing his career kind of go down because he couldn't kind of be himself and run around, hit, do the things he could with Lindstrom, you know, being that security blanket. But I let the Kaiser be, you know, that that team's second pair defenseman, uh, you know, really got shut down great analytically. Then once he took over the helm and being the number one guy, he literally became a bottom three analytic analytic defenseman in the NHL. He just became so bad. Uh, he can't pair up against top guys, but if he had to go against those middle six or or like even the you know bottom line, he was just fantastic. Definitely, definitely tough. But it's it's now your turn to guess my favorite defenseman of all time. Uh, I I mean I feel like you should get this one. Yeah, it's Crystal Tang. It is. It is Crystal Tang. You gotta love the hair. Um. And uh, I don't know, just always love the offensive prowess of him. I've got a jersey of his and uh, just a guy I've always been attached to, just like Gino. But now we go to favorite goalies of all time. And I I feel like yours is Dominator. I mean, we talked about him already, and I I just feel like that's your favorite. Yet again, NHL goalies. Yeah, I would I would have to say it's Dominic Hoshik because. I've never been a guy that's like a super drawn to goalies. I, I love the, you know, the incredible goalies. Like, so a guy like Dominic Hoshik or, you know, if you go back and watch Vladislav Trediak, like tape, film, highlights, whatever the hell you want to call it. I mean, it's, it's incredible. But like, you know, when, when you're talking about like Carey Price at his height or Jonathan Quick at his height or Pekka Rene at his height, Hunter Lundqvist at his height, you know, like Hunter Lundqvist is probably the guy I like the most out of those. I wouldn't necessarily even call him a player that I love. Like he was obviously, you know, an awesome dude, great player, handsome as hell. Um, but like, I just goalies have never been what I've really been drawn to. So, you know, there's one or two guys that really stand out and obviously dominators that one. And this just shows how good of a friend I am. I mean, damn, you get the first question wrong, but then you go nine for nine after that. Oh, my gosh. He's so good. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just going to go <laughs> ahead and, and answer yours and complete the Penguins trifecta with Mark under Fleury. It is not. Wow. Oof. Is it gonna be Dominator then? No. Ew. I don't. I, it's gonna be someone shit. It's gonna be someone so shit. It's gonna be like Thomas Vacoon or something. <laughs> it's not gonna be someone shit. If it was someone that was a little bit underwhelming, it'd be Tampa legend Christers Goodlevskis. Oh but God. no, it it is actually a very good goalie. Um and current. I, I, kind of. <laughs> I think that gives it away. Jonathan Quick, Carey Price, one of those two. Uh, Becca nope. Renee, Tugarask. Nope. Who am I missing? Nope. That's for kind of good. You said his name already. Who Who did I say? I feel like I've said every, every name. Henrik Lundqvist? He's, yes, sir. 
Henrik Lundqvist, my favorite goalie of all time. Fair enough. I think I've talked about it uh, before, how much I love him, but uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, but you cream it, over flour. I cream over flour now. I didn't yeah, back in like 2013 when he was getting absolutely obliterated by the Islanders and the Rangers. That's that's fair. Yeah. But that's going to do it for the friendship quiz. Uh, you all see that Mike, much better friend than Chase. We just got <laughs> one more right than me. <laughs> was it only one? I don't know. Move on. Whatever. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, that's going to be it for the show. We're going to go to a hockey name of the day real quick and then we'll get out of here. Um, we've got Alexi. Uh, Mike Luca. Alexi. Mick Luca. Oh, no. Wow. That's Mike. What a what a shiter you are. Yeah. Our boy <laughs> Alexi is actually a prospect available in the 2021 NFL, NHL draft. Excuse me. NFL. I was burping as I was talking, so I got distracted. Oh, gotcha. um, he, he, yeah, he, he's not getting drafted this year, I would safely say. Uh, you know, he was born in Poland. He represents Slovakia. He's also Ukrainian, so he's got everything going for him. Uh, you know, he played in the queue the last two seasons. He, he split it, you know, between um, like two seasons ago, split between the Red Bull Academy in Austria, which seems like such a cool place to play, and then the queue. Then last year was full time in the queue. Uh, I'll be back there again this upcoming season. I really can't imagine he gets drafted. Um, you know, he, he's a solid player. He might be someone that grows a little more as he gets older in the queue. You know, if he can come in, um, he's got two more seasons left. He's an 0-2. He's a late 0-2. So he, maybe by his, um, you know, overage year, he can go and dominate or something. But odds are this isn't someone we'll see in the NHL. And thanks to him, I have a new favorite spelling of Alexi. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It is. I like it. Two eyes at the end. Very interesting. But yeah. that's going to do it for this episode. If you could hit him with an outro chase. And then hopefully the next time you hear from us, we're in very high spirits with a Tampa and Vegas Stanley Cup final inbound. Yes, sir. So as always, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to check us out on Patreon, support us that way. We'd really appreciate it. Not required, but just another way to show support, get uh, some more content from us and the network. And yeah, just just some cool bean stuff over there. But regardless... Go follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast. That's at Bolts Broadcast. Go follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. Well, right, I follow WMP on Twitter at WMP Sports Pod. That's WMP Sports Pod. Bolts Broadcast, you know us. We, we, we keep it rolling. Tampa's going. We're still going. Uh, you know, even whenever the, their season is done, we'll still have some shows coming out, I'm sure. So make sure to stay in tune with us. The Hockey Podcast Network, you know, we still got shows in the network producing content. Some shows are not at the moment with their team not in playoffs. But go ahead and, you know, go check out what we're all doing. And then at WNP, we're going to really start that up here pretty soon. Uh, we're going to got some good football shows planned. So make sure to go check those out. If, if you're a football fan at all, uh, you know, we, we, we do some good stuff over there. But make sure to check out the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom. Click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. You can also find our blogs on the website. Just click on the blog tab. Uh, we have one up there right now. I'm going to be producing another one coming up soon. I still got to kind of figure out exactly what I want to do it on. Um, but I have some ideas, so just be on the lookout for that. Wherever you're listening, rate us five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns, and do not forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.